Hi, I'm Abby, and I'm here with Alan. Hello. And we are here from the future. We're so thankful that you're listening to the early episodes of our podcast. We just wanted to give you a heads up that our format has changed pretty dramatically. And now we do these deep dives into occult and horror history, as well as reading horror stories. So if you want to enjoy the podcast in its current format, start somewhere around episode 22. Or listen backwards. Enjoy. Hello. Welcome to the Lunatics Radio Hour. I'm Abby Branker, and today I'm sitting here with Betsy Hillstead. That's me. And Alan Kudan. Hello. And we are going to tell you some spooky stories. Well, mostly Betsy's going to tell you some spooky stories, and I may tell you a children's story at the end, but it's a little bit offbeat, I would say. I think it's great. Um, so Betsy was just telling me something interesting about her name. I was almost named Abby. After? After my mom's dog. But instead, you're named Betsy after? After her favorite doll. And I would like to know more about the doll, I think. Well, that's all I know. It was called Betsy. It was obviously adorable and amazing. And like, it was a doll she had as a kid growing up? Yes. That's very cute. But it was not Betsy Wetsy, (laughs) just for the record. Is that like a doll that like pees its pants? That is what that is, yes. Oh, I don't think I knew that. One thing I have about your name, actually, I have a story about your name. I am an idiot, and I didn't realize that Betsy was a nickname for Elizabeth. So when I first met Betsy, I think I saw in your credit card or something the name Elizabeth. And I was Why like, are you staring at my credit card? Well, we were like <laughs> out, and I just noticed it, and I was like, oh my God, she has an alias. <laughs> and I thought for so long that you had like a secret name or you just like went by Betsy. I didn't even know that it was like a conventional nickname. It definitely is. One more fun fact about me and Betsy is that we had tried to go whale watching for Betsy's birthday recently and because everyone was afraid of a little bit of wind rough seas rough seas we ended up going to a paranormal museum in Asbury Park instead we did it was a very creepy experience it was we went on a tour of like all these haunted items actually it resonated with me a lot and I would love to go back Do the museum? Yeah. You should go back. You're not going to come? I will go with you, absolutely. What what was the most resonating item? I think that item, and I forget the guy's name, but it was the couch. Do you remember? The singing couch. Yeah. So Yes, I remember the whole story. Do you want to tell it? Well, there was this gentleman who would buy slaves and then have them work for him to work off their slave cost, essentially, and buy their own freedom so he could buy other slaves. No, well, no, I think he... (laughs) Is that wrong? It's a little wrong. So I think he he was a freed slave and he would teach the other slaves a skill so that they could. No, he bought them with the money. Yes, because I just recently listened to the recording. Oh. Oh. The audio that I... May have secretly recorded. (laughs) Yes. In order to investigate paranormal audio instances that I did not find. But it was interesting nonetheless to revisit. Yeah. We Betsy tried to like record in her purse because we wanted to see if we could pick up anything. We didn't. She didn't. She listened back recently. But it was still a very, very fun experience. We recommend the tour. Yeah. 
And also there was that um, Santeria cauldron. Do you the remember? The cauldron, yes. I actually wrote a story about it. You did? That is going to be around this podcast soon. But yeah, it's That like, was a very... Uh, it sticks with me as well, that story. Because it was essentially someone's human ashes were in the cauldron where they had been burned. Yeah, the remains had to uh, be cremated into the cauldron to trap the soul. Right. To make the soul a slave and do all of your bidding. Right. And essentially, if you, it became such a valuable item because if you were like very into Santeria and you knew that it existed, people would pay up to like $30,000 for it. So the mm-hmm. police gave it over to this museum for like safekeeping. Yep. That's wild. Yes. They were worried about drug dealers having other people go out and do murders based on the cauldron soul attacking them. Yeah. That's... It's wild. So that was very cool. So I think it was called the Paranormal Museum. I think so. In Asbury Park. So check it out if you're into that. They do like seances and tea reading, like tea leaf reading things that I would be interested in. We should go to the seance. I want to. They had really creepy dolls there. Yeah. There was a doll there. I think actually someone Alan knows had a doll there, but... Um, really haunted dolls. And I think they like get a lot of submissions. So I think they probably change it up pretty often. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, cool. So without further ado, um, Betsy is going to read for the first time on the podcast, some stories not written by me. Thank God. (laughs) Um, so she's going to read a few stories. These actually were featured in various issues of the Lunatics magazine. So if you're interested in supporting the arts, you should definitely check that out and reading some more creepy stories. Um, but so it's kind of like a treat for anyone who's already read them because it's kind of like an audiobook version now, like told by the author. We're very excited. But if we wanted the print version, what's the best way to get this magazine? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked that, Alan. The best way is to go to Etsy and to type in Films About Lunatics or to just type in Films About Lunatics to your browser because we have a website now and it also links to the Etsy site. But yeah, we have an Etsy store that has the magazines. It has cool um, dagger pins designed by Emily from Personal Space Press who also collaborates in all the magazines. And so there's like tons of cool stickers and merch and ways to support us there, and which means a lot. And the latest issue of the magazine, the back is actually a functioning Ouija board. Um, Do you remember the museum had like hundreds of Ouija boards? Yeah, it was super cool. Those are scary. I love, I could feel the energy there. Okay, so Betsy, the first thing you're going to read is a story called Kiki. Okay, are you ready? The mother could hear her daughter laughing. The daughter was in her room tidying up, and the mother was starting dinner in the kitchen. The day had been hot and long. The mother was sweating as she peeled and chopped an onion. Her eyes watered. Ow! Stop that! The daughter exclaimed. I said stop! The mother put down her knife and wiped her hands on a towel. She called to her daughter. What's going on in there? Her daughter popped her head out of her bedroom door and answered her mother. I said, stop throwing socks at my head. The mother laughed. I have not thrown any socks at your head. She turned back toward her onions and added, dinner will be ready soon. You might think about getting washed up. Okay, her daughter's little voice answered, and the mother could hear her heading for the washroom. The daughter was confused. Who was this girl who kept coming to play at their house? Where was her mother? Why did the girl dress so funny? Why is she so shy? 
The daughter washed her hands and sat down for dinner. There wasn't an extra place set. The girl must have gone home. The next day, the mother and the daughter were outside tending their garden together. The daughter wanted very much to help her mother with weeding and watering the plants, but a butterfly came along and enticed the daughter over toward the swing set, where the daughter began to play. The mother could hear her daughter laughing as she jumped from the swing mid-air and darted towards the ladder of a slide. The mother was happy her daughter was enjoying fresh air and playing outside. Ow! the daughter exclaimed from across the yard. The mother turned her head toward the daughter, and again the daughter shouted, I said stop that! What's wrong, honey? the mother asked, fearing that her daughter was being stalked by a bee or a wasp or a snake or some other life-threatening creature. Stop throwing pine cones at me! the girl answered, stomping her feet and retreating back to the swings. Who is throwing pine cones at you? The girl! The girl in the hat! The girl in the white hat! The girl pointed toward a plum tree. The mother looked. There was no one there. She turned back to her gardening with a shrug. There's no one there, she called back, and left her daughter to her imagination. The girl in the white hat reached out and plucked a ripe plum from a low-hanging branch beneath the tree. She took a bite. Plum juice trickled down her chin and dribbled onto the white apron that covered her long blue dress. Why does she wear such a long dress in the summer? The daughter wondered. Doesn't she own a short sleeve dress? The daughter wanted to ask the girl a few questions, but her mother told her it was time to go inside. Later that night, the mother's sister phoned from very far away and the two women had a long overdue catch up. They laughed about stories from their childhood and it was recalled that the sister had long ago had an imaginary friend in the very home the mother and daughter were now living. What was his name again? The mother asked. It was a her, the sister replied. Kiki. On the way into town the following week, the mother and daughter were chatting happily in their car as they passed a freshly painted mural on the side of a barn near the busiest intersection in town. A family of three was depicted in the old-timey fashion of an old photograph, standing alone on their farm. They were one of the original families to found the town before it was massacred by natives and eventually rebuilt. A mother, a father, and a young girl. I know that girl, the daughter exclaimed. The girl in the white hat. The mother looked more closely at the barn and read the name of each family member painted directly below each of their images. Linda, Daryl, and Kiki. Betsy, that was so good. That was so good. The story? The story, the narration. Ooh. Seriously, yeah. you did a great job reading that. Thank you so much. It was very fun to watch that happen. Was it? Yes, it was great. And an exciting little bit, a bit that I'm, I should say, incredibly excited about, is that Betsy is now going to reveal to us that that story was based on a true paranormal experience. Let's get into it. That is true. This story is based on an experience of one of the houses I grew up in as a small child. There was um, recurring instances of a little girl who would often mess with my niece. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the, the girl from real life used to throw socks at her and stuff in her room. And then they really did drive by this barn and there was a mural painted with the girl that my niece was interacting with. And the kiki part is actually... Also, it's separate but related because my oldest sister had 
an imaginary friend called Kiki. And then we moved houses and she's nine years older than me. But one year, one day I came down the stairs and I and I told my mom and my older sister, Mandy, Kiki said, blah, 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 blah. And I went back upstairs. And you had seen this imaginary friend? I don't remember it, but I had report. I came down the stairs to report to my mom and my older sister, whose original imaginary friend it was. Right. What she had said. That's crazy. Wait, so hang on. That's crazy. So you definitely like saw a ghost as a kid and it was the same ghost your sister saw. It was something. But the thing with your niece. Yes. So hang on. Walk me through that one more time. There, there was all sorts of strange occurrences in this house. Um, something flew at her head often and she complained about it. And there was yeah. something she was interacting with. In the physical environment that and the rest of us could not see. And then she saw on the barn. She saw like yes. the same. So she there, was like, there that's was, the girl. Yeah, there was a mural there. I, the story I made up there, past story, yeah. like, that that was my imagination. But that definitely... Wow. It was some kind of old-timey little girl. I love that. Old-timey hauntings seem like... We could less. ask her about it. We could have her as a guest sometime. Yes. I would love that. Yeah. Old-timey hauntings are very fun to me. We never got to the bottom of that explicitly, but it was a creepy story. Yeah. Um, that is a creepy story. Thank you for sharing that. Was there a part in that story where someone got seduced by a butterfly? A bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're sexy creatures. That, that piqued my interest. <laughs> well, we're glad to please, Alan. Yeah. Um, all right, next. Bessie's going to move on to an even sexier story. So ears open, Alan. <laughs> it's called Reflection. It's also available in the magazine. Um, but we have the honor and the privilege of hearing it from the author's lips herself. All right, here we go. Reflection, written and narrated by Betsy Hillstead. She pointed the remote at the TV mounted high on their bedroom wall and hit the power button. With a gentle click of obedience, the set turned off. She laid there for a few moments, staring at the dark face of the television, dotted with fingerprints, coated in a light film of dust. The likeness of the ceiling fan, perched motionless above her, was the only image reflecting off the mighty 50-inch display. She had told him it was stupid to buy such a big TV. He bought it anyway. That was pretty much the way things went with them. Not that she particularly minded having a huge television mounted at the highest point on the wall opposite her bed. Now that it was there, she even kind of liked it. This was also the way things went with them. She moved to get up off the king-size Tempur-Pedic they shared, letting her robe fall off her shoulders, leaving it behind on the bed as she walked naked past the mirrored closet doors. She paused to examine her reflection. He was still there, towering over her from behind. The collar was still around her neck. She could smell the drool pooling at the corners of his mouth above her left shoulder. But when she turned her face from the mirror to look up at him, he wasn't there. She looked back into the mirror. He shuddered, amused, and she knew she would never be free. I have chills. That was creepy. Creepy. Very creepy. Thank you. What did you think, Alan? I liked it. Did you like that better than Kiki? Yes. <laughs> Why? I'll, I'll come back to you. Okay. okay. <laughs> I think it was the naked part. Yeah, the naked woman. I'm pretty sure. I enjoy that a lot. Good. It kind of like freaks me out, even though I've read it a thousand times because it was in the magazine. It, it like really does um, hit me. 
Is this also based on a true story? It is also based on a true is story. Is it? Yes. No way. This TV exists in my bedroom. Tell. Okay, wait. Let's hear it. <laughs> well, I was I was just using it as a writing prompt, and then it just ended up as this. I see. Very creepy. But the creepy part isn't real. The creepy part is not real. There's there's no, no creepy, invisible drooling dude. That's kind of a bummer, though. No. No, I, I prefer it that way, actually. Mm. Okay. Well, Betsy. Yes. She's got one more for us, I believe. And then we're going to um, shift shift readers, if you will. Sounds good. Are we ready for the third installment? Yes. Yes. Take it away. How to get your ghost to stop ghosting you. Written and read by Betsy Yilstead. Has the special spirit in your life suddenly left you colder than their undead body? Has your enchanted lover vanished without a trace, without warning, or without so much as a goodbye? The good news about being ghosted by a ghost is that vanishing without a trace is sort of what ghosts are known for. So take a breath and ask yourself, am I overreacting? Even ghosts need alone time once in a while. Try taking up a new hobby and biding your time until they rematerialize. After you've mastered at least one new skill, try gently summoning them with a Ouija board, but be careful not to seem too needy. Feel free to engage with other spirits who might be up for a chat if your ghost doesn't reveal himself right away. Make your sexy Casper jealous via Hades' chat room and then flaunt how obviously desirable you are on social media. Don't forget to leave out snacks in case they appear in your place when you aren't home. Lure them with their favorite meals and treats. Show your devotion to them by erecting a shrine in their honor or starting a new religion. Remember to wear sexy outfits around the house while performing ordinary tasks, just in case they're hovering invisibly nearby watching you. If they still don't return to you after all this effort, it's probably time to move on. It's possible that they're just not that into you or they may have been ghost busted. But don't worry, the underworld is a big place and there are plenty of souls in the river sticks. Um, I could see Alan loving that story as you read it or that whatever piece. I, I did enjoy it. He was it's my reacting. Yeah, he was into it. I, it's still one of my favorite things ever. That Wonderful. So funny. You have a fantastic narration voice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. This has been nothing but an amazing episode so far. I'm so glad that you enjoyed those stories. I love the tip to leave out snacks. Yeah, right? Everybody needs snacks. Solid it's a good advice. way to lure even a living man if you are into <laughs> that sort of thing. Or um, Santa. Yes, Santa. I, I Also of the invisible nature. Yeah. And the reindeers. They like I parents. mean, if luring one paranormal force with snacks works, why wouldn't it work for others? Excellent Easter point. bunny. I mean, not the tooth fairy. They, they like your teeth, teeth, I guess. <laughs> yes, That's leave a your straight teeth barter, out, though. So You're fun just selling snacks. your teeth to that lady. Yeah. Do you think the tooth fairy is a woman? No, I've I've seen the movie. I think she's a woman. I've or, or seen the movie. With st- starring... The Rock? D- Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, no, I haven't seen it, but I probably should. It's not like a good movie. It's not San Andreas. Whoa, 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 whoa. Betsy's favorite movie of all time is San Andreas. Well, that's debatable. It might also be The Rock or Armageddon or 
What's The Rock? It's well, a Michael well, Bay please. flick from 1996. Oh. We have different taste in films. Well, so that, that mine was is a, questionable, but I stand by it. The Rock was a, a pinnacle film in my development. It's Why? So, I just watched is there, like, it again a sex on scene Sunday. In it? Just the way that it's Nicolas so Cage good. at the end just hails those... Pl- oh. After he's... I've never oh, seen so it. Good. No, don't give it away. So I've never good. seen oh, it's it. So good, Abby. How have you not seen it? I don't know. I, I never have heard of it. What do you mean? I don't. I I don't know. I've never heard of it. Okay. My paths have never crossed with it. I'll. I will get on it. You, um, you should. I the music. The soundtrack. Oh my gosh. Ed Harris is just unbelievable. Okay, I believe that. When I first saw Sean Connery as James Bond, I'm like, that's the guy from The Rock. Exactly. Wow, this sounds like it has an A-list cast. It is A-list, <laughs> and it is taking place at Alcatraz. Oh, I love in that. San Francisco. Okay, I'm going to go there the, in January. I want to go with you. Please I've do. never been to the actual island, and I've How? been dying to go. I feel like you should, I, you were like the queen of Alcatraz. Well, why would you say that? I don't yeah, know. Why would you say that? Because Betsy's from, like, the Northwest, and, like, San I don't know. San Francisco is quite a few hours from the Northwest. Via, I know. Via but, vehicle. I don't know. This is my first time there. I just, I just kind of like associate you with all things with prison. Okay, I'll cut that out. Sorry. No, no, leave it. It's amazing. So sorry. But yeah, but like Betsy, I don't know. Betsy's also into like yeah, same similar things as me. So I just imagined you would have gone there. I've been dying to go. I just look at it from afar longingly. Okay, well, let's figure that out. Are you thinking of starting a podcast? You should because we did, and it's a ton of fun. But the one thing I'll say is that it is surprisingly hard to publish a podcast to all of the endpoints. Thankfully, I found Buzzsprout, which made it super easy to do. And they actually track all the analytics across all the platforms. And they provide a really cool and sleek website for us so we can send the link around and link to, to the podcast really easily. So if this is something you're interested in doing and it's a little overwhelming, I would say get a microphone on Amazon. Get a good set of headphones and use Budsprout. With their help, the Lunatics Radio Hour is listed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Alexa, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, on and on and on. So all the big guys. If you're interested, you can follow the link in the show notes below. It lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you, so we get some affiliate revenue as well. It could help us out. And also, once you become a member of Buzzsprout, you also get a $20 Amazon gift card. And it helps support our show. So if podcasting has been on your list of hopes and dreams, but it seemed daunting, I highly suggest taking a look at Buzzsprout. They make it easy. So click on that link. Thanks, guys. If we're up for it, we have one more story because Tentacles is a story that I wrote for Betsy's boyfriend's daughter, who was um, my pen pal for a while. It's a great story. She's very cute. She loved seeing her name in the magazine. I sent her um, a list of questions, and I think she drew me like a unicorn yes. back, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not mad about it. Um, but she's a very cute pen pal. Um, looks like he's hesitant. You've never drawn me a unicorn. No, I, did, no, I sent her questions, and she sent me back a unicorn Abby drawing. sent like a page and a half yeah. handwritten. I, I misjudged her age. <laughs> That's Okay. <laughs> She read the whole thing. It was amazing. Yeah. (laughs) But it was really cute. I think she was almost seven at the time. Yeah. I was thinking she was like 10 or 11. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe I knew she was seven, but I didn't understand what that meant in terms of a pen pal. You know, I think that's the best fan mail you can ever receive. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's I still have it. It was it's a good thing. I could send her something. I'm going to have her write you some stories. Yeah. Have her write me a story. We could read it. You're just going to get another unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I'll put it on my fridge. Great. So Um, here comes the next story. Yeah. All right. What's it called? 
Tentacles. Red and red by Abigail Breaker. Bubbles were closing in around Karina's face as she slowly lowered her head into the lukewarm water to rinse the shampoo off of her hair. She grasped her faded mermaid toy in her hand. She slowly blinked as she emerged from the water. Something looked different about the ceiling. She was puzzled. After all, she took a nightly bath. She should be the first to notice any changes in the ceiling. Despite this, there stood two small round circles above her. The bathroom door was open, and she could see her parents across the hallway. They were laying on the bed, watching the evening news. She wasn't quite old enough to take a bath alone, but she was savvy enough for her parents to hover from afar. Hey, Dad! Her father immediately emerged from the room across the hall. Within seconds, he was kneeling next to the tub. What's that? She pointed up to the ceiling. What's what? Those brown spots. Oh, just water spots, probably. It's an old house, you know. They weren't there yesterday. Oh, I'm sure they were. Do you need some more hot water? She nodded, and he let the faucet run on hot for a minute before he patted her on the head and headed back towards the news. Karina could hear him telling her mother that it was time to get the ceilings redone. Suddenly, there was a plop right in front of her, a definite splash in the tub. She looked up, and her mouth dropped again. Another plop. Two tentacles were sticking out of the two holes in the ceiling. One was purple, and one was pink. The tentacles moved gently. They didn't seem to be frantic or upset, just exploring new territory. She saw the water spot grow and grow until it took over the whole ceiling, water spreading across the plaster, a low and groaning cracking noise from above. With a giant crash, an octopus fell from the ceiling into the tub with Karina. Honey, what was that? She could hear her dad getting up. Oh, I'm just playing with my toys. I'm okay. Oh, okay. He went back to the news. She looked at her new companion. It was sitting across from her in the tub. Their tentacles ranged from vibrant pinks to deep purples. In some places, she could almost see through the body, but other places seemed opaque. The octopus seemed to buzz with electricity, sparks and surges flowing through the surface of its body. It was the most beautiful thing she'd ever seen. She whispered, Can you hear me? I think you should hide or my dad will make you leave. Slowly, the tentacles began to move. A pink one inched towards the shower knob and splashed Karina with freezing cold water. She giggled and splashed it back with the tub water. A purple tentacle had started to tip over the shampoo bottles, and another had started to dig through her toys. She moved towards it, handing the purple tentacle her favorite mermaid toy. It accepted the gift. She could hear footsteps coming back down the hall. All right, Pruny, you clean yet? Oh no, my dad is coming. You should hide. The octopus sank under the water as her dad entered the bathroom. Hey, dad, almost done. I think it's just about time. Let's get you out of there. He turned around and picked up her faded pink towel from the rack. She felt around in the water, but couldn't feel anything. Where had they gone? What are you looking for? I just... Frantically, she smashed around, trying to pop enough bubbles to see where her new friend had gone. The bath was full of toys and bubbles, but apparently not sea creatures. She looked up, and the ceiling was totally normal, besides two small round water spots. I love it. I love it, too. That's um, also based on a true story, believe it or not. Please tell. I have a vivid, vivid, vivid memory. I used to take a bath every night. When I, this is kind of like based on my family night. I would take a bath every night and across the hall, my parents would be on their bed watching TV and they could see me. They would leave the door open. And I, my dad would like come in and add hot water every now and then. And I swear to God, I have this memory. There was kind of like brown spots on the ceiling. And I have this memory of these tentacles there. And I, I, I obviously didn't happen. 
and but it's just like and I probably imagined it when I was a kid and it just like was one of those things that stuck with me and now when I look back it's like burned into my brain but it's like in my head as if it was any other memory that's great yeah it's kind of a weird thing do you write a lot of your stories from real life yes (laughs) (laughs) I do I do there's actually a bunch um when and that that was like my house that I was born in or not born in but like lived in when I was up until third grade my first house um and it was surrounded by cornfields and so it's got this like very kind of like intense visual aspect and like was very creepy and had I think kind of like an impact on me and that's something I've been exploring and writing about in various ways which I think you guys might hear in upcoming um media from me that's so exciting I really enjoyed the part where she's being electrocuted in the tub and is having a fun time (laughs) she's not being electrocuted come on it's like an electric eel no it's an octopus (laughs) yeah it's water safe electricity is my point i don't know anything about electric eels but they definitely electrocute you i've seen it on naked and afraid recently oh i would never want to watch that it's a great show an eel electrocuting somebody well it's because they were trying to murder it to eat it yeah but that sounds terrifying it was interesting television (laughs) oh my gosh well those are all the stories that betsy and i have for you today how you feeling alan i'm pretty good good you're really um gregarious today gregarious yeah should i chant yep no (laughs) that's not what that means (laughs) That's Gregorian. <laughs> Gregor- I actually had to define gregarious for someone today because we did this training at work. It means to talk a lot, to have a lot to say. He's enthusiastic about this episode. Yeah. I'm just lost in thought thinking about seductive butterflies. Mm. I think you misinterpreted that line a little bit. She was enticed. She was enticed, not seduced. <laughs> T- tomato, tomato. There you go. <laughs> Oh, well, this has been very fun. I really, really enjoyed your reading of the stories. I Thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. I would just like to reflect that this is the first time in Lunatics Radio Hour history where someone just reads the story straight, doesn't have yes. to take it back. Yeah. Wow. One shot. Yeah. Steamrolls through and does a killer job. I had to take mine back a bunch. The tentacles one and Betsy read straight through all three. But without, you never know. Cause you'll never know. Editing. I'll take it out. <laughs> um. But yeah, okay, so thank you guys so much for listening again. I think we're starting to find our like footing with this a little bit, and so I'm glad that you're still here and still listening. If you want to read or send in a story for us to read, you can reach us at filmsaboutlunatics at gmail.com. As always, please subscribe to us on YouTube. It's really, really amazing if you do that, and it means the world. Films About Lunatics. We're also at Films About Lunatics on Instagram. You can find us on Etsy. You can find us everywhere, so... Please find us in all the things and support us. Um, join us. Please join our cult. We're, we'll be so friendly and nice to you. Um, and if anyone's interested in making something, let us know. And that's it. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. If you'd like some bonus content, consider supporting us on Patreon to access our patron-exclusive podcast, Horror Movie Club. Also head to lunaticsproject.com to check out our spooky merch and apparel. You can find us at Lunatics Project on Twitter and TikTok, 
and The Lunatics Project on Instagram and YouTube, where you'll find our short horror films, cemetery tours, and so much more. And please rate and review. A little feedback goes a long way to help us grow and get more content out there. Our cover art is by Pilar Kep, and musical bumpers are by Michaela Papa and Jordan Moser.